This is Heavenly Gospels Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We are continuing our series, Don't Stop Now, with guest pastor, Pastor Darius McClure from Change Church, with the title, Don't Stop Healing. We hope you enjoy. What's going on, HG family? So glad to be with you today. It is my honor, my privilege to be serving in the place of my brother, Pastor Corey Hines. We're praying, we're keeping him lifted up. It's just an honor to serve in place of a man that really loves God and loves God's people. Don't you believe, can you agree with me, that God has blessed Fort Worth, Texas with the greatest pastor on this side of heaven. If you love your pastor right now, I dare you to put it in the comments, put it in the chat. I love my pastor. Somebody type, I'm praying for my pastor. Come on. And you cannot celebrate the man of God without honoring the woman of God. Can we celebrate Lady Renee Hines? Love you so much. We're praying for you. And we're praying that God blesses you with a speedy recovery. Listen, I'm Pastor Darius McClure. So excited to be bringing the word for you today. I hear you guys have been in a series, an initiative, a campaign, a movement entitled Don't Stop Now. As a matter of fact, wherever you are, I want you to type hashtag Don't Stop Now. So it is my responsibility to keep that movement rolling. And so we're going to pick up today, if you have your Bibles, your iPhone, your iPad, whatever you're using, I want you to follow along with me and go with me to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, and we're going to pick up in verse 12 and see what God has to say for us today. It says, not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me, verse 13. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing, somebody's type one thing, I do forgetting what is behind and pressing toward what is ahead. Verse 14, I love it. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Forgetting what is behind, pressing toward what is ahead, I press toward the goal. If you don't mind, as we dive into the third installment of this series entitled Don't Stop Now, I want to talk from the topic today, Don't Stop Healing. Don't Stop healing. It's important to know that we live in an imperfect world with imperfect people. And because we live in an imperfect world with imperfect people, we will experience pain. And I don't know about you, if you've been living long enough, you will get to a certain season of your life where you have to deal with something called pain. What type of pain? The pain of broken promises, the pain 
of feeling unappreciated, the pain of frustration, the pain of bad decisions. And sometimes it's not the pain from imperfect people. Sometimes it could be the pain from myself because what do you do when you realize your greatest enemy is not the enemy but your inner me? And wherever there is pain, there's a need for healing. And I want to I throw this question out at, a, at you today. I guess it could be our big idea. I believe that if you cannot say everything you have to talk about in one sentence, you are not clear on your message. So today's big idea that I want to pose to you is a question. My question is this. Has pain in your life become a prison or a passport? Y'all, y'all missed it. Y'all sleep. Somebody, somebody talk to me in the chat. Has the pain in your life become a prison or a passport? Has it become a prison that has held you hostage in cycles of repeating your past or a passport that has escorted, to, escorted you to new seasons for your future? Watch this, everybody, because some of you, what if I told you that you may be stuck externally because you stopped internally? Y'all missed that. Because all my life when Paul said I press towards the goal of the prize of the high calling, I thought Paul was talking about an outward pressing. But the more I began to look at this, I saw that Paul was not talking about an outward press. He was talking about an inward press. Because before he talks about pressing, he talks about forgetting. I don't know about you, but is there anybody in here that's gone through some pain that's been difficult to forget? It's some stuff that you forgave, but you have not truly forgotten about. And check this out, somebody. I have a word for you. I don't care how much pain you have experienced in your life. Don't stop healing. Don't stop healing. Check this out, everybody, because if you're serious about healing, if you're serious about healing, You have to realize that the first step to healing is this F word that nobody really likes to deal with. And Pastor Corey, please forgive me. Uh, I don't want to cuss nobody out, but a lot of people, a lot of Christians don't like this F word. Because if you want to heal, it's this F word that you have to use. That F word is called forgiveness. Forgiveness. And watch this, everybody. Listen to me. I am not talking about emotional forgiveness. I am talking about biblical forgiveness because emotional forgiveness has to do with how you feel. Biblical forgiveness has to do what God said. God expects us to forgive. He is not interested in your feelings. No matter how hard the pain is, he expects us to forgive. Somebody shall forgive. And some of us are missing out on the blessings and favor of our life because we are struggling to forgive somebody that hurt us. Oh, I know I'm talking to somebody today. We're struggling to forgive someone that hurt us. What do you do when someone hurts you and you've made up in your mind you want to forgive them, but you've said certain things like, 
I'm just not ready to forgive right now. Somebody is guilty right now. I hope I'm not stepping on too many toes, but I am not talking about emotional forgiveness. What if Joseph would have struggled to forgive his brothers for throwing him in the the pit? What if Joseph would have struggled to forgive Potiphar and his wife? What if uh, Joseph would have struggled to forgive the people that forgot about him, that he interpreted their dreams in the prison? What if he would have forgot or never let go or never forgave the people that did him wrong. Could it be that while we shout over Joseph being the poster boy for favor, could it be that Joseph experienced so much favor in his life because he had the capacity to forgive no matter what? I feel like preaching to somebody early in this message. Could it be that there's some favor that's about to be released over your life when you learn how to forgive and let go of people that hurt you? Somebody shout favor over my life. Favor in my family. Favor on my job. Favor in my health. Somebody type favor. Oh, you don't know what favor is, do you? Favor is when you get stuff you don't deserve, but some kind of way God makes a way. Is there anybody in here logging on, streaming, watching me right now that can agree that when God's favor is on you, there is no man that can get the credit for what God is doing in your life. I declare and decree for somebody that's tuning in right now that this next season of favor on your life, people are going to have to look at you and say that was nothing but God but you can't shout over the favor if you're not willing to apply the forgiveness (laughs) because all of the hell that Joseph went through in his life was only to lead up to the moment to where his brothers came back to him he had to pass the favor test And think about all of the pain that he went through and still have the power to say what the enemy meant for evil. (laughs) God worked it for my good. Somebody type it's all good. So, So understand this, everybody. I want you to catch this. Let's teach. Forgiveness is not how I feel about others. Forgiveness is about how I feel about me. I'll say that again. Forgiveness is not about how I feel about those who hurt me. Forgiveness should be how I feel about myself and my future. So check this out because your feelings sometimes will have you confused. But I want to teach you and show you that with biblical forgiveness, sometimes you have to forgive and allow your feelings to catch up. Sometimes you have to forgive and allow your feelings to catch up. And when you are struggling with forgiveness, you can slide into a season to where you confuse a healed heart with a hard heart. I want to preach to a, a single mother, to a brother that's tripping, that's struggling, that's going through a pandemic. There's somebody that's watching me today that you've had pain after pain, disappointment after disappointment, rejection after rejection, and the pain has made you stop. And you're wondering, God, when can I move forward? And you thought you moved on because finally you've gotten to another season where things are starting to look up, but something still is missing. Could it be that your heart is not healed? It's just hard that you have been suppressing what you've gone through so long that you've become numb to the pain. Oh, 
And look at what Jesus says in Matthew 6, verse 15. Jesus says this about forgiveness. He says, but if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. I'm going to read that again because somebody missed it. Uh, this is not me talking. This is Jesus talking. He says, but if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. In other words, God forgives us in direct correlation with how we forgive other people. And I don't know about you, but I haven't been perfect all my life. Since I've gotten saved, I've made some mistakes. And sometimes we have to be willing to admit we cannot blame everybody else for being toxic. Sometimes we are the toxic people. And if we are not willing to forgive, God has said, how can you expect me to forgive you? Now, watch this, everybody. This is what's so good. Paul is teaching us in our text today how to win over regret. <sighs> because sometimes when you have pain, one of the worst feelings you feel after that pain is regret. Can I talk to somebody who knows what it's like to have relational regret to where you invested so much time in a relationship only to be betrayed? Do I have anybody in here who knows what it's like to have financial regret that you had resources, you had income, you had opportunity but it just didn't work out and things caved in on you and you're dealing with financial regret. Maybe it's not relational regret. Maybe it's not financial regret. Maybe it's moral regret. What do you do when you regret your own decisions? That you get to a certain season in your life and you're not where you think you are and you keep saying, I should be much further alone by now. And you're frustrated, not with other people, but with yourself. And here it is. Never let regret become a prison that leads to no recovery. I'm going to say that again because you missed it. Never let regret become a prison that leads to no recovery. Paul wants us to know if you've ever wrestled with regret that you're not alone. He's sharing his past accomplishments and how it all means nothing in comparison with his new goals. What's your new goals, Paul? Paul says, my new goal is to know Christ intimately and to experience his power. He says, to know him and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his suffering. But watch this. He says this. Watch this, everybody. Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, but I have not attained it yet. That's my goal, but I'm willing to be honest and let you know I haven't made it there yet. I'm still struggling with some stuff. I'm still trying to overcome some things that I've been trying to overcome since I've gotten saved. Do I have anybody in here on this stream today that can be real with me and say, I love God, but there are some things that I'm still struggling and striving to get, but I have not gotten there yet. Grandmama used to say, I praise God that I'm not where I used to be. So watch this, everybody. This is so good because look at Philippians 3 verse 12. He says, not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal. Now watch this, everybody. Not that I have already obtained all this or arrived at my goal. And many times we become stuck and we stop because we're focusing on what we don't have. 
Y'all not hearing me. <laughs> We're focusing on the money we don't have, the job we don't have, the opportunities we don't have, the, the relationships, the status that we don't have. And we become stuck when we focus on what we don't have when God will never bless you or give you a breakthrough with what you don't have. He'll always give you a breakthrough with what's left. And check this out, somebody, because here it is. You would expect most people in this same predicament that Paul is in to be in a state of pity. But Paul looks at us and the church and Philippi and says in verse 13, but one thing I do, one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining toward what is ahead, I press toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Now watch this, because he's showing us a kingdom key that helps us move forward. I'm going to say that again. I want you to get your notebooks out, take good notes, because it's about, about to get a little heavy right here. He's showing us a kingdom key to help us move forward. Look at this, everybody. Here's the kingdom key. Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. It means, watch this, everybody. I hope you don't miss it. Paul is saying, it's good to release it, but when you release it, I want you to catch this, it doesn't mean that you should not remember it. You should remember so you don't repeat. I feel like helping somebody in here today. He said, I want you to release the pain, but I also want you to remember the pain. I want you to release how it made you worse, but I also want you to remember how it made you stronger. I want you to release how it made you bitter, but I also want you to remember how it made you better. Do I have anybody in here that's made up in their mind there's some stuff I got to release, but when I release it, there are certain parts of it that I have to remember. Now, here's where I feel like preaching to somebody on this live stream today. Whenever the enemy wants to attack your motivation, he will first try to kill your memory. Y'all not having church with me. I feel like helping somebody. Whenever the enemy wants to kill your motivation, he will first attack your memory. Why will he do that? Because he knows in your memory is your testimony. Isn't that what David did when he saw a giant named Goliath? He had to reach, reach back into the memories of his mind and said, the same God that helped me conquer the lion and the bear, it's the same God that helped me conquer this uncircumcised Philistine giant. Do I have somebody in here that has a good memory? I feel a digital praise break happening at HG right now. As a matter of fact, I dare you to start tapping those hearts if you got a good memory. I want you to have a flashback and think about all the hell that God brought you from, everything you survived, everything that you've been through. Praise him for every mountain he brought you over, for every valley he pulled you through. Release it! But remember, you got to remember so you don't repeat. When he says forgetting, he's referring to him letting it go. He's saying, I'm, I need you to let it go. Or I have to let it go so that it can let me go. <laughs> Corey, they're not feeling me today. He's, he's saying, I have to let it go so that it can let me go. See, you have to let that X go. 
so that X can let you go. <laughs> Could it be that God sent Moses to tell Pharaoh, let my people go? Pharaoh let the people go, but the problem is the slaves never let Pharaoh go, and they ended up dying in the wilderness because they did not know how to release an old season of their life. I'm trying to preach to somebody who feels stuck in the wilderness on the break of your promised land. There's a past you got to let go. I'm getting a little excited. Somebody better help me because whenever the enemy wants to come and take your motivation, he will attack your memory. But I want you to understand this, somebody. Life is not about what happened to you. It's the story you tell yourself. Life is not about what happened to you. It's the story you tell yourself. I, I even started practicing something in 2020. When this pandemic hit, I saw all these people complaining about what's happening. And trust me, there's, there's a, a health pandemic with COVID-19. We have a racial injustice pandemic with racial inequality. And we also have an economic pandemic happening all at the same time. And I realized I had to switch the story I was telling myself. I had to tell myself, this is not happening to me. This is happening for me. <laughs> Y'all not hearing me. This is not happening to me. It's happening for me because Paul said all things work together. Woo! Now watch this, everybody, because here's what's so good. And I hope you catch this because in verse 14, he says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. He says press because I believe that there's a prize and that there's a higher, higher calling that God wants me to experience and receive. Now watch this, everybody. I cannot allow my past experiences of my yesterday to keep me from stepping into my reality tomorrow. So since I'm still here, I might as well give God the best that I have and press with all that I have in spite of what I've been through. Now watch this, everybody. I feel like shouting to somebody who's been through some pain, but you won't allow your pain to make you to be stuck in a prison, but it will be a passport that will escort you into your destiny. He says, I press. He said, I got new goals. Woo! Y'all missed that because Paul is teaching us on the other side of your pain, as you begin to heal, even your goals will change. Even your goals will change. He says, even your goals will change. And I don't know who I'm helping or talking to right now, but in 2020, there's been a lot of pain that all of us have had to endure, overcome, survive, even thrive in the middle of. But could it be that God is saying, you're not even grieving the pain, but some of you are not going to have to just release people. <laughs> you're going to have to release goals that some of you have made goals your God. And he's saying, now that you're pressing and moving forward and forgetting what's behind, there's a new set of goals I have for you. And watch this, everybody. If you're ready to not stop healing, I want to give you three keys. I want to give you three keys. Watch this, everybody. Number one, I want you to realize, here it is. Somebody catch this. Number one, who my note taking the chat room? Number one, 
I want you to realize that you gain more in your losses. You gain more in your losses. That is some stuff that you gain out of losses that you cannot get out of your wins and your victories. That if there's somebody in here that has realized that out of every loss in your life, it gave you a lesson for your life. You gain more in your losses. And I'm concerned that a lot of Christians know how to live. A lot of Christians know how to pray. A lot of Christians know how to praise God, know how to shout. But a lot of Christians do not know how to suffer. You gain more in your losses. You would not be who you are today had it not been not just for your wins, but also for your L's. Every season is not a winning season. And when you get out of a winning season and you experience losses, I want to tell a story. I can remember uh, my son, he, he, he was playing, he was in this karate competition, and he was frustrated because all throughout practice, he had been beating up all the other boys. And I was looking like, look at my son, man. He's the next karate kid. I'm talking about he doing, are you kick Mortal Kombat? He doing, oh, get over here. And he's killing it, right? And he goes up to another competition to where's another level of fighters. And he gets to the first round, and brother gave him a round, hot sauce, Mr. Miyagi, Kung Pao. And I'm looking at my son. I'm like, man, you, you, you were the man on that level. But once he got to another level, he had to experience a loss. Because if he only won, he would have been blinded by what he needed to improve. Y'all missed that. Because sometimes your greatest enemy to your future success is your current success. <sighs> and when I looked at my son, while he was frustrated, crying because he's a competitor, his name is Champ. I said, Champ, get yourself together. Now, I know you're used to celebrating and winning and going to Chick-fil-A after all your victories. But I need you to cry and feel it because I want you to learn how to lose. Now, watch this, everybody, because for some of us, when we were younger, when we lost a toy or when we lost something special, our parents would tell us, stop crying because I'm going to give you another one. When they were teaching us how not to grieve properly, sometimes you don't need to replace what you lost. You need to grieve what you lost so you can learn from the process and grow in the process. Watch this, everybody. This is what's so good, everybody. Number two, remember that regret cannot undo it. Regret does not make you better. I'm sorry. Regret does not make it better. It makes you worse. I want to preach to somebody right now that's dealing with regret. If you ever had regret or you know somebody with regret, I want you to type this in the chat room. Regret does not make it better. It makes you worse. We're closing out, Corey. Because for some of you, the issue is you've allowed your pain to grow from pain and evolve into bitterness. And that bitterness is only a reflection of your regret. But regret is important because when you have regret, you can never experience recovery. That was the difference between David, I'm sorry, Peter and Judas. Judas harbored regret and he ended up 
hanging himself. Peter, who betrayed Jesus three times, denied Jesus three times, I'm sorry. He recovered because even when he was dealing with regret and he said, I give all this up and I'm going back to what I used to do. I'm going fishing. When he saw Jesus, he didn't run from him. He ran to him. Because could I be, could it be that God is not interested in your perfection? He's interested that whenever you fall, will you keep running back to him? And number three, I want you to rejoice that God redeems time. God redeems time. Look at what Joel said in Joel 2, verse 25. I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten. The prophet is not saying that God is going to give you time back. Here's what the prophet is saying. He's saying that God is going to do so much more with the time that you have left that is going to make up for the time that you lost. I feel like talking to somebody that feels like you lost time, God is going to redeem the time. I want to help somebody this morning that I'm telling you, you did not lose an opportunity. God is going to bring that thing back around because what if I told you that sometimes God has to break your heart in order to blow your mind. And maybe you're, you're streaming today with a broken heart. I want to pray with you. Because some, somebody on here, you stopped. You experienced some disappointment and you stopped. You experienced some rejection and you stopped. Things did not work out how you thought they would work out and you stopped. Father, I pray that they will forget what is behind and press what, towards what is ahead, towards the mark of the prize of the high calling. God, right now, your word says you draw near to the brokenhearted. God, give them perspective in their pain. I thank you right now that it is your job to fix it, but it's our job to face it. And you cannot heal what we hide. Help us to be honest today, to say, Father, forgive us. We need you. God, I'm hurting. I need you. I don't want to have a hard heart anymore. I don't want to struggle with unforgiveness. I forgive the people that hurt me. I forgive myself. Whoever you need to forgive right now in this moment, I want you to begin to say that name out loud. I want you to begin to pray and say, Father, I need to release this. I trust you. Because of their betrayal, I've struggled with trusting you, Father. I want to trust you with all my heart and lead not to my own understanding. I want to be free. And I want to help you that there's freedom on the other side of your forgiveness. That God is not calling you to be perfect. Your purpose does not require you to be perfect. But it does require you to be free. And God is not just interested in what you do he is more interested in who you become God help us to be more like you we love you we honor you I pray healing over Pastor Corey and his family we thank you that there will be no long term 
effects on his body that he will come out stronger physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. I pray for HG Church that, God, you anoint them with a corporate anointing to take the city of Fort Worth and Dallas by storm. God, I thank you right now that what the enemy meant for evil, you turn it around for our good. God, we honor you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in with us. We hope you really enjoyed today's message. If you did, here's your opportunity to partner with us on today. You can partner by giving via cash app, dollar sign, Heavenly Gospel Church, or go to hglovespeople.com, press the give button and give whatever amount that you would love to give on today. Again, be blessed and thank you for tuning in.